This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast from the Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer and I'm hosting today with three fine young journalists to talk about Liverpool's 0-0 draw at Manchester United yesterday afternoon. I First some of all... Some younger than others. Sorry? Some younger than others. So, some much, much younger than others. Naming no names. Uh, first of all, I need to apologise for the last podcast, um, mainly just for Sam Carroll, really, um, for putting new listeners through having to listen to Sam Carroll for 45 minutes. I got through about 10 myself and turned it off. I don't know whether anyone bothered listening any longer than I did, but it was a bit of a car crash. But anyway, I have um, two young journalists who are enjoying their first podcast together, and you're very excited about it, aren't you, Connor Dunn? I am very excited, Joe. Um, I cannot believe that I'm here in the presence of Kiva. Kiva, yeah. I'm yeah. equally excited, but Connor doesn't drink tea, so I'll forever hold that against him. And he doesn't like iced tea. Joe thinks like it's the best soft drink on the planet, on, which is on. wrong. We've been through this. I don't think it, it's a fact. That is a fact. Iced tea is the greatest soft drink on the planet. It's not. It, it's just a fact, Connor. Anyway, in a twist bigger than the sixth sense, <laughs> Ian Doyle is actually here with us today and he's not hosting. Hello, Ian. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm okay. You, you're very... Oh, you're not saying a lot then. I'm just doing this what is, you do every time I ask you. Ah, a bit of revenge. It is. Where's okay. James? God knows. That's no, what you, the listeners have been thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like You've managed to okay, wait, okay. wait this long. Like, you should right. have known. That's the first thing you should be saying, believe me. Well, I don't want to make it all about James. I do. It is all about James. James yeah. is off today, having swapped his day with Ian Doyle. Yes, so yes. in an alternative universe, you'd have got James today, but... Ian and James swapped. That is correct. James instead going yeah. to the presser tomorrow. That's yeah. the reason why. Yeah. I was stuck with Ian. We'll start with Ian then, because he was at Old Trafford yesterday. Mm. And um, you didn't really enjoy the game, did you, Ian? No. You had to hear about that in every tweet, in every blog post. It didn't get old at all. I put my coat on. All right. Well, you know, just because I actually say things as they are and don't sugarcoat them, then, you know, if people can't handle that, then you can't handle the truth. That's what it is. People can't handle it. It was a terrible game, wasn't it? It was absolutely atrocious. There was so little quality. I mean, with Manchester United being one of the teams, that's probably understandable. I mean, you know what I think. They're not as good as perhaps has been made out recently. And we saw that. Okay, they had one or two or three or four or five injuries over the course of the game. But... Yeah, they didn't really come out to play United, did they? And that's what made it difficult for Liverpool. And for whatever reason, Liverpool just didn't click in terms of an attacking sense. And that's why we ended up with a game that had about three shots on target and a lot of injuries and not very much else. Kiva, a point gained or two dropped? I'm ever positive and I think it's a point gained. You, t- you take that point, I reckon, at the beginning of the season, like we did at Stamford Bridge where we rescued one. Obviously, it's a bit different because we draw drawing here and, you know, there's... 11 games now to play and we're only a point ahead of City. Could have went three and then they obviously lift the League Cup and it's kind of like, you know, the pendulum swings a little bit into sort of their camp, the bit of positivity. But we've just got to focus on our next game on Wednesday and I'm not, I'm not too worried. We're still ahead. We're top of the league. Obviously, it's by less than what it could have been. It could have been 10 at one point, which is just mad to think where we are now. But, you know, we're still top of the league. We're still there to fight for it, so... Just got to keep doing that, haven't we? Connor, is your glasses half full as Kiva's is? Um, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly that you definitely take a point at Old Trafford. It's offered to you before the game, but I think the way the game played out and watching what happened during that first half, I think Liverpool should have been way more cutthroat, should have gone for it way more than they did. But it just seemed a little bit to me like Liverpool didn't want to lose the game. 
United didn't really want to win or lose the game and that was the way it played out. I never really felt like Liverpool were actually going to lose it. I never really felt they were actually going to win it either, to be honest. So just the way it was, I was a little bit disappointed with the lack of creativity at the head of the field, but we move on and I think looking ahead to Watford is going to be positive. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because during the game, I think beforehand with the ball taking a point, but then before the when the game was carrying on, we, we saw the injuries and the way United were playing, the way Liverpool started and it, it did feel like a missed opportunity, Doyle. Same question to you: point gained or, or two dropped? Point gained. Point gained. Definitely a point yeah. gained. There's, there, there's no, there can't be any debate over it. I know there's a, some sections of the fan base who are treating it as though that's the end, that's it. Liverpool aren't gonna aren't gonna win the title. But this was the most difficult game they had remaining. Sitting on paper, you look at this game, you look at Everton away, which is next week. You've got the two home games against Tottenham and uh, and Chelsea. This is more difficult than those other three. Liverpool yeah. managed to avoid defeat where they lost last season where they don't have a great record I think they've won something like 12, 13, 14 times like in history years, ever yeah. ever we're talking about like ever mm. and they've only won the, I think it was it 5 in 33 or something yeah. something something daft like that so this is a place that traditionally they've not done very well as Connor said they never ever looked like they were ever going to lose okay United's injuries contributed to that but as I said before, United just didn't, they didn't want to get beat. I mean, it was all a bit, bit, bit of a face saving exercise from everybody concerned, wasn't it? And the fact is, with 11 games to go, Liverpool are still masters of their own destiny with games to come that aren't as hard as the ones they've already played. Okay, so we know your answer, Connor Kiva. I'm more confident that Liverpool will win the league after that result now. Are you two with me? I feel like defeat there would have totally derailed it. It yeah. would have undone everything yeah. good that we'd, you know, we've only lost once this season, which is just mad to think mm. where we are. We should be well ahead, but obviously City are this just amazing team. So, you know, it it is just, I hate just thinking it like we've lost, you know, one of these teams is going to be upset come May. And I just really hope that it's not Liverpool because it just doesn't feel fair. And, you know, we've waited so long for this. It doesn't seem fair. Yeah, it doesn't. We've lost <laughs> no. one, we've lost one well, game and we might not but be able to win the But don't forget, in 2009, Liverpool only lost twice and lost still didn't win the league. And that's true. And I, th- I think, and I can understand Kiva's point in the sense that you, you, look, you lump, sometimes look at it, don't you? You think Leicester won it when it was a really poor league and Liverpool have, have been excellent this year. They've lost one game, been very, very good. And, it just so happens that one side is also very, well, very good is, as well. In 2009, you've got to bear in mind, the four best teams in Europe were Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal and Chelsea at the time. I don't disagree. Yeah, so I'm saying that when Liverpool, luck, just, yeah, Liverpool have just managed to become good in the Premier League era when at the time that traditionally a lot of other teams have ended up being good and in, in Manchester City's case, probably the best team we've ever mm. seen in the Premier League. Yeah. So Kiva, you haven't answered my question yet. Are you more <laughs> confident they're going to win the title or not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good. I'm just, you know, makes me happy. I'm evergreen in my positivity for Liverpool. Great, I love that. The power of positivity. Connor? I said it before the season and I'll say it again now. I still think Liverpool are going to win the league. That's a nice, simple answer from Connor and one I like to hear. We'll move on to the game. Jürgen Klopp said that injuries disrupted mm. the game for Liverpool probably just as much as they did for United. I thought that was quite the case. Well, I thought it was quite interesting actually because it was, it was a look into like the manager's mindset because a lot of people saw his comments and went, oh, that's just an excuse. It's all about Liverpool. It's what your own team does. Well, hang yeah. on. They're playing against a the team. They look prepared to play against, you know, X, Y and Z. Maybe they, they thought, well, Matic will be playing or, or somebody else yeah. will be playing, you know. And they'll have prepared for this. And they certainly weren't going to be prepared for Mata and Herrera and uh, who else went Sanchez. off? Lingard. Lingard yeah. went off. Yeah, and Sanchez coming on and Rashford hobbling around. Pereira. Pereira came on, came on didn't Lingard he? Yeah. come on and then went off. Didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that was just like- Somebody called Pereira and the Herreras 
pro-evolution fight. <laughs> I thought it was quite a good way of putting it. Um, what was the point I was trying to make then? Oh, yeah, yeah, but basically, United, United's players, Klopp said, they were kicking the ball out. They weren't doing the passes where they were supposed to be. And he said, well, and we were, they were going to where we weren't expecting them to go either. And that was mm. kind of putting us off a little bit. But he did then go and say, but there's no real reason why we should have been distracted by this. He just said Liverpool, as, as a team, didn't adapt, certainly going in attacking sense, to United's problems. And that gave United a, a chance to regroup at half time. And they were probably the better team in the second half, but not by much. And Liverpool weren't massively brilliant going forward. I thought def- defensively and in midfield, they worked hard. I mean, you go through the spine of the team. Alisson had a good game. You know, we're probably going to mention his save yeah. a bit later on. Um, Van Dijk had a good game. Matip had a good game. Wijnaldum and Fabinho both put in a shift and Henderson did okay until he obviously got subbed. Yeah. Kiva. I forgot yeah. what I was going to say because it's totally changing, changing his point. Um, <laughs> this, this is embarrassing. This hosting thing's hard, isn't it, Joe? Yeah. yeah. Right, you keep, you've got to just say up, yeah. Matip makes me incredibly nervous. Just despite, Even though you know, he did turn into Messi for about goal, 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah, okay, great. He played really well. But like the amount of times we've seen defenders get caught higher up the pitch of Liverpool over the last few seasons is just, it's scary. But he's, he's clearly been asked it. to do that, isn't he, though? Do you reckon? You yeah, reckon he's, he's going... 100%. I'm not. You've been asked... To- I think that's just natural I think it's a feature of his game yeah, yeah. I think it's a feature okay well maybe he's been not been told to rein it in shall we say yeah I don't think he's been told to try and skill defend on the outside of Man United's box if I'm honest <laughs> it's, it's, hey, it was a good fray there into the box there wasn't it no I'm not, was, den- I'm not denying that at all yeah it was but Connor's got a point in the sense that you, there was one later in the, in the game I think Liverpool had, had won a free kick it comes to nothing and he went charge up the pitch to close down their left back mm. yeah and and then United just bypassed him and sent it forward. He's, he's not he was a very position. well-disciplined player. Exactly. Well, Robert, Robertson did something similar, didn't he, in the second half? He raced up. I know he didn't to, go forward. Don't he didn't go forward too much in the entire game. And the one time he did, he ended up getting... So in the second half, he ended up getting caught out of position, which I suspect might be why he didn't go forward that much in the game. Anyway, I've remembered what I was going to say, go which is good. Uh, Kiva, um, do you think that United's injuries affected Liverpool in the sense that it put more pressure on them and they put more pressure on themselves to then get results because they, they saw the opportunity and you could see them almost overthinking things. United. Liverpool. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously no, not. This is a Liverpool <laughs> podcast. Yeah, no, hang on. Um, so what was the... Just, I've waited this long for the question did, now, yeah. I don't understand. Did Liverpool put too much pressure on themselves to get results having seen that United were crippled by injury? Possibly, but then there was just... It didn't feel like there was... It didn't feel like they had pressure on them. They just didn't feel like they were doing any much of anything. They did. It was just sort of like didn't feel like they were playing the natural that's game. That's actually a good point there. That's a good point. Maybe because they didn't then have that pressure on them, they didn't feel they kind of relaxed a little bit. Maybe it was the opposite. Maybe uh, they relaxed a bit too much. Yeah, I don't think they were relaxed. I don't. I, think. I don't think they were. But I'm just saying that could have been a contributing yeah, but factor. They, yeah, not and seemed to like drive them. They weren't like it weren't like well, you know it didn't feel like these games now should feel like cup finals because the they are mm. so you know it didn't have it had that like derby feel and I haven't had that for a while obviously probably since we last played Everton that real like you can't lose this one it had that feeling but I don't know we, I think as well with Firmino coming off and Sturridge coming on that didn't help the front freeze fluidity at all because Firmino does that front line defending mm-hmm. and there was no Sturridge doesn't do as much running we know his technical bills he's incredible and he holds up the ball really well but he, he doesn't do as much running as Firmino and then maybe Salad and Manny's head, they just didn't look on it at all, did they? No. So their head sort of dropped a little bit and then 
I think the big one's having Alexander-Arnold come back because when Henderson played right back against Leicester and then we saw it yesterday, we need a, a natural right back, so to speak. I know James Milner's filled in incredibly and done great jobs. You saw him at West Ham with that assist for the goal, which was offside, but it was a great assist anyway. Um, but yeah, I feel like we need we need a right back back in the squad. Do, do you not think that was a, a tactic from Jurgen Klopp? Because it felt to me that he played Milner there and Liverpool were looking for Milner a lot. I think he put in something like 18 crosses in the game. It was constantly an outlet. Mm. And it, Do you not think that Klopp used Milner on purpose in that position? Yeah, well, ahead of the I game, he sort of fit. thought he weren't going to play in the midfield. That midfield, everyone sort of like in the last blood red, we literally all chose that. I mean, yeah. James Pierce said it, so you're just going to agree with him, I think. No. <laughs> um, but we were hitting balls into him, but then there was no one with him. So he was just like collecting them. And then he tried, his crossing was awful. It was bad. Yeah. It was just like he, he couldn't, yeah, just wasn't his usual sort of performance. But, you know, we were getting these lovely... Some some of the balls into him were lovely over the top, but there was there was nothing then happening then. He just sort of hold it up or, like, cross it in. So, you know, maybe that was the plan, but then there was no sort of... Nothing came from that, did it? So, If that was the plan, Connor, and we are second-guessing Klopp a little bit, but if that was the plan, isn't it a bit bizarre that Liverpool play... Uh, they do have games where they, they tend to go wide and look for crosses. And I find it very bizarre because yeah, they don't have I was, players that I was can gonna say to you, I was going to say then, if that was a, an outline statistic, an outline tactic, it's very surprising um, just because Liverpool aren't particularly a team that head the ball, particularly with the front three that aren't very tall. United are no. a pretty big team, particularly yeah. with that McTominay coming in, massive, et cetera, et cetera. Why they kept trying to whip crosses in was a little bit beyond me the amount of times he didn't beat the third man from Milner from free kicks from corners it was absolutely ridiculous the amount of wasted chances Liverpool had yesterday corners by the way one of the lads in the office has just said to me that why do Liverpool waste so many corners it's a sort of long term so they have thing. the most but they have the, the score the most goals yeah. it did feel I like they wasted a lot that is like the biggest yeah. cliche in the league though isn't it I think if you maybe they get the just because they get so many corners yeah perhaps yeah but if you asked a fan of every club what they were bad at, I bet you they'd all say corners. Everyone seems to think they're really bad at corners. Mm. Because set, while more goals scored at set pieces than perhaps any other yeah. way of, of scoring, that teams get that many of them. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why. You know, yeah. That's why they no, miss so many of well, averages. Yeah. Yeah. Doily, Mohamed Salah, you gave yeah. him a four yesterday. Mm. And um, looking at some of the other ratings, you were quite generous. Indeed, he, yes. He did have a poor game. What is the problem? He just had a poor game. This, this is allowed. He, he has a poor game a lot against some of the big teams. And do you think that... He did score twice in the Champions League semi-final. Okay. And he did well, score four goals. Was it four goals against Man City last season or three? He certainly scored in just, three separate games against Man City. And just... Against just Chelsea, him, Salah, Salah, him, Mane and Firmino have scored one between them on Friday, no assists. Against Chelsea, the same. Against Everton, the same. Scored a lot against Arsenal. And he's not scored against United. <laughs> Arsenal are a big team, are they? Well, it's well, hang on. Well, no, I'm not, but seriously, against United, because he, he gets marked against he? good players. If top okay, teams, well, top teams have got the best players, that's why they are the top team. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure top teams do that against Messi and the likes as well. They don't often have that many poor games. I would suggest. So you say so that Salah's a flat track bully? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's that you know, it's not just him though, is it? No, you've just said Messi, which is a bit daft. Okay, nobody, well, nobody well, I think we quite that. often claim that Mohamed Salah is one of the world's best players. Well, he is exactly. Yeah. So I cannot compare him to some of the other world's best players. Okay, well, <laughs> we, we may as well just leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, kind of going back to my point about Mohamed Salah is that 
don't forget he is playing back on the right wing and he has been playing centre forward for a lot throughout the season, which has helped get him back scoring goals. It's only recently that he's gone back out on the right. And yeah, he didn't have a particularly good game, but he wasn't the only one. I mean, it's not just about him. No, as it's, well, not, as much it's as, not. As much as Connor's trying to make it just about him. <laughs> it's not just about him. You look at, it wasn't just him that played poorly. Firmino, when he was on, didn't do very much. Mane tried a bit in the first half, just completely lost his way after the break. Mm-hmm. But where was the midfield in terms of creativity? I mean, Henderson, the reason he got subbed is because he was playing the least well of the three. And they had to get Shakiri on there to, to add a bit more creativity. Could have brought on Cater. I thought Cater was a bit unlucky, actually, not to feature at some points. But maybe the injury to Firmino early on forced, forced Klopp's hand. Mm-hmm. But going back to Salah, yeah, he didn't have a great game. But, you know, that's what happens. I get the feeling you disagree, Connor. I just think there's some games this season particularly where he's faced which class you in the actual big six. Um, and, and again, you think in the Champions League as well. And he just hasn't quite... I know it's obviously dizzy heights of last season and it'd be unfair to compare him totally to that. But I just feel like he could have provided a little bit more for Liverpool in some of the games that we've seen him in. Um, I feel like he maybe just... I don't know. I don't know if he's a factor of the situation or yesterday particularly with Firmino going off and you know him playing in irregular positions and swapping positions in terms of centre forward and right wing but I just feel like he could offer a little bit more. Kiva do you think that we're guilty of putting the spotlight on Salah in these games on him a bit too much and do you think he suffers when the spotlight is put on him? Yeah I think so but I feel like he's a player who does frustrate you sometimes for long periods of the game and then he'll just pop up with this genius moment And that is similar to say like Messi or, you know, obviously he does bits all day long, but it's, it is sometimes difficult watching Salah because you like do something because we're used to having that sort of talismanic figure who can just sort of do that kind of like, like Coutinho sort of was that like, right, you've got to do something now because you're our best player. Like, I feel like sometimes the burden's put on him and he doesn't always deliver, but having said that, he scores a lot of goals and you know, he's an absolute revelation in the Premier League and one of the best players in the world. So, you know, I feel like we're going to have to deal with games like this, the odd time and frustration because when he does produce moments, they are amazing. And, you know, having never scored against United, maybe next season that'll come. You know, that's the story for then. Obviously, he was unable to do it this year, but, you know, we've took four points yeah. from them two games. So, don't, don't forget Ian Rush. Took forever to score against Manchester United when he was playing, and nobody said he wasn't particularly good. At no, well, when did anyone around this table or <laughs> we know, in the wider we know the inferences say that he's not very? I, there's no inference. I, I just think or flat that trap is what you said. No, you said that. I did not say flat trap. You said, that, at all. You said that he struggles against top defenders. Well, that's, well, that's the same in comparison. That's the same for any any player. No, but no one's criticizing him. I just thought he had a poor performance yesterday, and I think that when the spotlight is on him a little bit, he does struggle. Well, that's your opinion. Okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Ian Doyle, you're um, keen to talk about a lot of things. You were keen to talk about Jordan Henderson. Yes. So talk about him. Well, obviously, as we've mentioned, he, he played okay. Played mm-hmm. okay, but there was a reason why he got... I subs- thought he played better than okay, but go on. Well, I'm saying okay in the, in the sense of the game itself. But obviously, he got substituted. His number went up and he, you know, he wasn't very happy, was he? Lost his rag a little bit, stomp, stomped off. And as he was just getting to the touchline, gave, I think he gave Shakiri the, the, the briefest of you know, low fives as it were, and then walk straight through Jurgen Klopp while giving the applause to the away end. And you know, Klopp wasn't very happy because he'd, he'd put his hand out to give him a handshake and he basically got blanked by his by his captain. And I think we all saw it on the television. He told him in no certain terms to come back and, you know, he basically said, you didn't shake my hand, shook his hand. And then, you know, Henderson then went back and sat down, but you could tell he was still fuming. 
you could tell he was fuming. And I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with the player being unhappy at uh, being substituted. Uh, got a slight problem on the way that he he dealt with Jurgen Klopp and you know ignored his handshake first off. I think he was trying to make a point, which I think was a little bit little bit silly, a little bit untoward. But you know Klopp managed to nip that in the bud straight away, especially when you compare it to to what happened at Wembley a few hours later with Chelsea and and Kepper and and Sarri and all of that. Mm. Which let's face it, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before, and I'm nearly a thousand years old. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The tournament of the midfield, Kiva. What, what did you make of their performance? I thought they, they worked really, really hard, but there was a, a lack of creativity from them. Yeah, I thought Fabinho was good. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they had a solid game, but then there was no creativity there. There was just sort of, like I said before, they were just sort of playing. There was like pressure, but there almost wasn't. There was just sort of this, it, it was an odd game, wasn't it really? Um, nobody wants to lose, did they? Let's be no. honest. That's what it was about. It was yeah. about nobody wanted to lose, and that's what I'm, I mean. In, in the build-up to these game, this game, some people were saying it, it, this is Liverpool's biggest game in their modern history. It's like, well, no, it's not. If it was about three games to go, it might be. But who are these people some, that you you follow and see? I, I don't, well, these people, funny enough, Joe. These people, funny enough, Joe is. I uh, can't remember who it was, but whoever did our view from the cop last week really? said that. Yeah, the so it was on game. the Echo, Echo website. Said it was oh, okay. Liverpool's biggest game in the, in their modern history. So. I had to disagree with them, not least because they did play a Champions League final yep. about 10 months ago. So, yeah. I think particularly in terms of the midfield, you would just look at that midfield of Ronaldo, Fabinho and Henderson and you'd think that's probably the most solid and probably the best midfield three that Liverpool would have in terms of like their consistent performance and what you'd expect yeah. from them. But then when you put those three in, you just kind of lose a little bit of what you're saying, yeah. creativity, you get with Keita, you get with Shakiri. You might not necessarily have the full 90 minutes of solid performance, but you get a little bit of something different, whereas those three are all fairly similar players, although Fabinho I think offers a little bit of difference to them, but not enough as such as like Keita and Shakiri do. And again, as you, as you said, I think Keita was particularly unlucky not yeah, to I see think, any game time yesterday. I think if that game's in another three weeks, Cater plays. Mm. I think because he would have played a few more games. I think is it four or five in a row? He's, I, I reckon he's the, coming in yeah. Watford, mm. but we'll come on to that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the frustration there out of the three of them might be Wijnaldum? Because he's the one that I was looking at before the game and thinking, right, go and be our creative presence. You know, He scored a very, very good goal against Bournemouth. He quite often plays a little bit higher up at the pitch. He did at Newcastle, does for Holland. Was it... He seemed to be on the periphery of the game again, especially in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously seen what he can do slightly higher up the pitch. And when he gets that little bit of rain, then he can go and do it. Mm. But I think Liverpool just set up differently to that, to be honest. I don't think Ronaldo quite had the space and time he had mm. against the likes of Bournemouth and people like that. Because, you know, I think Klopp and everybody's well aware of the threat of Man United's midfield, yeah. particularly with Pogba. So he sat a little bit deeper and, yeah. and that was kind of the end of that, yeah. wasn't it really? Yeah. He was on the left of the midfield three. You saw when they were they were lining up. You had Fabinho in the middle mm. and you had um, Henderson on the right. Milner, as we mentioned before, saw an awful lot of the ball because they were overlapping on that on that side, but there wasn't really that much of it on the left-hand side. And maybe that's why we didn't see as much of Juan Alderman as an attacking force. I thought he did all right, actually. He did he, one great turn away from half. one great turn away from Herrera, which, which, yeah. contrib- which contributed to yeah. him going off, did his hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I thought in the second half he, he struggled to get involved in the game, and then the one shot he did have, I think, is still riding. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't the only one, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, was the shots in that game? There was, there was, <laughs> yeah, there was, I mean, there was that, when Surridge came on his first touch, that was, was that a shot from about was, 50 yards. We oh, all laughed at it. And, it, turned, and oh. it turned out that was Liverpool's only shot on target. I think Connor, Connor was here in the office with me and you weren't very happy with that, were you? <laughs> well, as soon as he came on, I was like, oh, 
He's just going to shoot from 30 yards and lo and behold, <laughs> shot from 30 odd yards. Well, he didn't. Just, he saw, shot from 40 yards. And it was just, I think it, it was like, I think he was, at the, he was at the Trafford Centre at the time. <laughs> he was having that shot. Always relying on stories to have a shot. That does bring us on quite nicely to, to storage and the question of what Liverpool do without Firmino. Because I, I thought, A, perhaps it was the wrong substitution from Klopp yesterday. He probably should have brought Origi on, a different type of player to storage and a beat. Liverpool just don't seem to have options, do they? Totally without when Firmino goes off there. No, they've got options. They're just not particularly good. Yeah, well, certainly okay. not at the moment. I mean, Sturridge, I suppose he's had a good, decent goal-scoring record against United. So maybe Klopp thought of that a little bit. I don't mm. know. He doesn't seem to strike me as somebody, who, a manager who thinks about things like that. You're right. I was a bit surprised when Sturridge came on, especially when he could have just moved Salah into the middle and put Shakiri across. But you know, for whatever reason, Sturridge was the one. Maybe he'd done well in training over the last yeah. week or so. You know, you're lucky. Origi's been ahead of him in the last couple of weeks in terms of coming off the bench. Um, and Origi, when he came on, did all right, I thought. He looked a bit bright. He looked, looked lively. Made one, one good run down. Made one good run. Right but his chain. touch was quite good as well, which I think mm-hmm. is something that sometimes with Sturridge, it takes him a while to get going with that. Whereas if you're coming on like Origi was with, a, I think it was 11 minutes to go, you, can, you haven't got any time to get your touch right. You've got to be bang on it. So I thought he did okay. He's somebody who could come in against Watford with, with Firmino not there, but that's assuming Firmino is not there, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm actually had it confirmed that he's not going to be available. Although given the fact he left the stadium on Sunday on, on crutches, not in a foot brace or anything like that, but it looks like he's probably going to be out maybe for a little bit. But there are options there, but it's which one that Klopp chooses because, again, this goes down to the midfield again because it may be a, a case of bringing Cater and moving Salah back up to the middle, putting Shakiri on the right or putting Origi on the right or even Lallana on the right. Connor, at the start of the season, we were all waxing Liverpool about storage and saying how he looked in such great shape. He, he seemed to return to form, scored a couple of goals, um, including a, a wonderful goal against Chelsea. But it's dried up for him, hasn't it? Is it too much to say Daniel Sturridge is finished? I mean, that performance against Man United kind of spelt that out a little bit, didn't it? It's what it kind of felt like. Um, I don't know if it's a little bit early to say that, just because, you know, as you said, start of the season, you thought, well, oh, he's absolutely revitalised his Liverpool career here. He's going to go on and do things. But since that Chelsea goal, he's just been, I don't know, he's just disappeared, hasn't he, really? And mm. again, as you said, when he came on yesterday, he just, he wasn't really in the game at all, was he? I think Liverpool were looking for more from him. Um, I think Liverpool are in a different place to where Sturridge is at the moment, to be honest, and what they need from a traditional striker, number nine front person. So, yeah, it could be it could be him well on his way at the end of the season when his contract's up as well, isn't it? So, yeah. I think we were a lot more optimistic at the beginning of the season with this bench and sort of, you yeah. know, the periphery sort of players um, in the squad. But now it's getting down to it in these important games and we're expecting more from them and they're delivering less almost. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that pressure of, you know, winning a title is sort of, you know, it's having an effect on everyone. And I feel like these these players aren't delivering as they were almost, you know, up until, say, December. Yeah. I'm, I must admit, I'm not concerned. I think there's enough there for them. I think they've got the players there. It's up to them whether they want to actually do it. I don't think I might be wrong on this because I haven't, but I don't think a substitute scored since I can't remember off the top of my head since Shakiri came on against United and turned the game. True. But that, that, that is a little bit of a worry when Liverpool have drawn three out of four hmm. and you, you need, you know, City have got no end of substitutes to bring on and turn games. And if they're, they're in a tight situation and, and Liverpool just don't seem to have that at the moment. 
Do you no, not think that's not, a worry? Well, it is and it isn't in the sense that it's obviously they can do it because they've shown that already this season. It's just a matter of form, isn't it? Can they still do it? Well, then you look at Jesus at, uh, at Man City. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that City were worried that, hang on, if Aguero gets injured, then we've got a bit of a problem here. It was the fact they're having all that money that mm-hmm. Jesus just wasn't really doing it, but then he suddenly started scoring goals and all as well. And I think players just go through that. So you're confident that Divock Origi will go on one of his six and five scoring runs and... Well, he could do because he's done it. And he's also mm. made a contribution this season. He's, he's barely, career, he's barely, he's barely seen any football. And he's still managed to score probably Liverpool's most famous goal this season. And he did score in the FA Cup at Wolves. And he's I think he had an assist of sorts yeah. at Burnley. And he fluffed so his lines at West Ham. Well, then he was a substitute then, wasn't he? Yeah. So he could have made a difference there, but he was offside anyway, wasn't he? So yeah, but it wasn't given. It wasn't given, no. no. But you're right. I think it might have been given, actually, had he, had he, had he scored. I've got a feeling that something might have happened there. Let's talk about Alisson. Um, he didn't really have a great deal to do yesterday, but the one thing he did was absolutely outstanding. Kiva, um, can you sum up that save? Just don't feel like he, has he done anything better than that in the whole season? I feel like that must that's his best. He's moment. had some great moments, so that says a lot, doesn't it? Moments, Napoli, but that was Napoli was very very good, but that. That was more instinctive. That was more instinctive. Instinctive. This this was money, yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. This was, you were thinking, it's going to be a penalty. You could see Lingard about to fly over and you were just thinking, oh, United if he doesn't go around like that him, Pepe Reina. Mm. If he doesn't go, soon. yeah, I can remember many of them and you feel like if he doesn't go around him, he's he's just going to take the hit and go mm-hmm. down. But he gets such a good, he just yeah. gets out quick. He gets such a strong hand. And he injured Lingard, which is, I think he recovers the ball as well, which is, you know, something that we need to remember as well. He doesn't, you know, yeah, it, it was the one good pass from Lukaku. As somebody else, I mean, a greater mind than me, said it was also Lukaku's only pass of the game. Seemingly, who's the who's a greater mind than you, Ian Doyle? How long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> it's a point winning save, though. It, it, it certainly was. It certainly was, Connor. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. You know, when you talk about goalkeepers winning you points, Allison certainly won Liverpool a point in that moment because. United are even getting a penalty or they're scoring there, aren't they, without Alisson in goal? I think it was absolutely sensational. So Cook off his line, so alert, to, despite having not a lot to do. It's what you regularly say about keepers and they have a lot to do, but still pull out in the big moments. It's everything you want in a goalkeeper. So, made, yeah. Made yeah. a nice change in that fixture as well for it to be the Liverpool goalkeeper who he came up with something yeah. and, and earned a nil nil because David Day has done that enough times in the yeah. past. So, yeah. how, um, how does he compare to Alicia Scott? <laughs> He's a lot more Brazilian and a lot more alive. There you go. And a in lot your, more in colour. In your thousand years of, of watching yeah. Liverpool, yeah. how does he compare so far to some of the greats? Well, what you're looking at, you're looking at Grobelar onwards for me. Okay. And the, the good keepers there have basically been Grobelar and Reina. They're the two. Is he up there on that level? He, well, he might be better than Reina. Whether he's as good that as says a lot, though, doesn't yeah. it? Because Reina was a very good goalkeeper. Well, don't forget for that Reina was very good until to start with. Making saves. Until he stopped <laughs> making saves. So if you're looking at Reina after like one or two years, then it's like he's on a par with that. Yeah. It's up to Alisson now whether he goes on and improves. He's still young, so he's got the, he's got the time on his. To be fair, Reina was as well, but yeah. Reina just seemed to reach that level. And then okay, I know there was a lot more going on at the club at the time. Yeah. You know, what, I think once Rafa went, I'm not saying his heart wasn't in it, but I think when Benitez left. He never was quite the same, Rayner. You know, but Alisson, he, he's doing everything right, well, near enough everything right so far. And even when he does make mistakes, they don't tend to cost Liverpool. Right, we'll move on quickly. A couple of bits and pieces before we talk Watford. Um, Michael Owen has um, managed to annoy fans of 
different clubs, this time Manchester United, for um, saying that Marcus Liverpool should kick Mar- Marshall Ra- Marcus Rashford on the ankle um, in the second half yesterday. Um, personally, I kind of think that Michael Owen was right to say it, but probably shouldn't have said it out loud. Connor? I agree. Um, he's obviously insulted to his opinion. You know, he's been in a lot of football dressing rooms and I don't yeah. think he's completely off the mark of what teams would be going to do. I'm not sure, as Paul Gorse will absolutely attest, that Liverpool quite have that mean streak in them to go and kick people. Um, But yeah, Owen's not wrong, is he? If if you've seen a weakness in a team, then you go and exploit it and make the most of it. Um, I don't think, you know, he maybe should have said it commentating on the game out loud, as you say, but I don't think he's wrong. Fans are a funny lot though, aren't they? Because there'll be fans, there'll be so many fans screaming at the television set that to go through certain players at certain times and then someone like Michael Owen says that and they all act like, oh God, how how could how could he say such a horrible thing? I think he called himself the yes. angels of Twitter, didn't yeah, he? The angels of Twitter. I would say 100%, as Connor's just pointed out there or, or alluded to, if that was the other way around and it was Mohamed Salah suffering yeah. from an ankle... 100% United's players would be going straight yeah. through him as, as yeah. early as possible. Yeah. There'd be Liverpool absolutely, be there would be absolutely, do you reckon Herrera, if he, okay, I know he got injured, but if yeah. he was, if he yeah. was, or Matic or any he of them, him they wouldn't just gone, right, yeah, just yeah. They'd gone straight through him and then said, see ya. Yeah. Look at Ramos. Yeah. Maybe that is the problem with this Liverpool squad. Well, that's There's, something that your man yeah. over there, Connor, has been pointing out for most of the season. You wrote about it, didn't you, about learning the dark arts? Yeah, I did. They've tried to bring it in a little bit of the game, but it's not completely like the tackles and everything else. It's more about like, slowing down the game yeah, yeah. and throw-ins and just trying to manage the game a little bit more by slowing down, you know, the little bit of the tactics. But in terms of going out to outright going tackle Rashford, I don't think they have that in them yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Manchester did win the League Cup, but it came at a little bit of a cost for them. Kiva, both uh, Laporte and Fernandinho left the field with injuries. Two of City's best players this season. A little boost for Liverpool there. Yeah, definitely. When they haven't played with Fernandinho, they've just, they've, I think, was it them games that they lost? Yeah, Leicester and uh, Crystal Palace, yeah. he didn't yeah, play any of them, yeah. And then he made a mistake at Newcastle, when they, so he had a poor mm. game when they, yeah, when they so lost. so when he doesn't perform or he doesn't actually mm. play, they, mm. they really don't look like... You know, they still look great because the Manchester City, one of probably the best teams we've ever seen, but he really does pull the strings there. Mm-hmm. And for him to be out, that could be a big boost for Liverpool, especially with them winning it the way they did on penalties. That gave them a boost. But then now today, they'll maybe, or tomorrow, they'll sober up a little bit and think, hang on, we've lost one of our best players here. And Laporte as well as, you know. Laporte's been excellent, is Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to Watford. Watford are a football team who have a lot of football players that I probably can't name. <laughs> <laughs> they, just have, they just have a lot of people, don't they, that come, come Can you name their manager? Um, yeah, Kike. No, it's not. It's not him. Kike, Kike Sanchez. He hasn't been here for about three years. Gracia. Javi Gracia, isn't it? Honestly. So, get your R in the wrong place. Joke's yeah. on you. Wrong human being. Is it not Kiki Sanchez? No. They can't just, they just rotate managers and players. They're, they're a random team. He wasn't, so. the ma- he wasn't the manager last season either. When, when was he? They were a random team <laughs> that Liverpool score a lot of goals against. Yeah, well, they have had a decent season, to be fair to them, under whatever manager they're under. Um, and um, one player that is familiar to us, Gerard De La Feu, yeah. very, Duf- very Duf- Duf- as we used to call um, him here in the office. Yeah. Not to his face, obviously. I don't think anyone but you used to call him. No, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. just me, to be fair. Scored a hat-trick against Cardiff. He did. Um, slightly dangerous game for Liverpool. Is it the one of this three in this week that there's a potential that they could overlook? No. No, <laughs> no they're not going to overlook it, let's well, be honest. not overlook it, but, you know, 
the, is it a potentially dangerous game? To, yes, they're yeah. all potentially dangerous now for Liverpool, unfortunately. Now, don't roll your eyes. I just don't but, like asking you questions. Yeah. It, they're not, they're actually, not, the sky is blue. You'd say, well, is it? <laughs> yeah, but is it? It's not, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is it a potentially tricky game for Liverpool? Yes, because Watford, our team, as you've seen, in form, they are capable of pulling out good results. I think they did beat early this season. They beat Tottenham early this season, I think. Um, but on the road, they're not massively brilliant. The pet and they've got an FA Cup quarterfinal coming up soon yeah, against yeah. Crystal Palace, is it? I, think? I, don't follow I know you don't FA follow Cup. the FA Cup, yeah. But for them, that's don't a big follow for, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for them and most fans of most teams who are still in the FA Cup, that's a bit of a big deal. And um, it's to be honest, it depends what team that, that Watford pit, whatever team Watford pit Liverpool should have enough to beat them. Let's put it that way. But they've got certainly got a midfielder in Decorey who I know a lot of Liverpool people close to Liverpool like and maybe envisage him as somebody that Liverpool could move for in the summer I don't know anything about that but it'd be interesting to keep an eye on him so they've got Delafeu who's he's always he does okay against Liverpool certainly when he's playing for Everton he, he's got a bit of pace about him a bit of trick he's like any winger he can have his off days when he's absolutely terrible when he's on it he's a bit of a problem Troy Deeney will obviously be coming up against Virgil van Dijk, who he absolutely hates to play against, not as a person, because he, I think it was earlier this season, he said, oh, I absolutely can't stand He likes his smell. He doesn't know he what does, he eats, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He likes his smell. And, he and they've got uh, Pereira, who's in midfield, and he's probably been one of their best players this season, who if Watford are going to get anything from the game, they'll be looking to him to do something. Kiva, what do you think their starting lineup will be? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, so what'll be weird, by the way, is Watford, what what, Watford, yeah. Watford play in yellow, right? Yes. Yeah, and Liverpool play in red. Yeah. And, and do those those colours clash? No, they do not. And Watford will turn up playing in green. That is what'll happen, and that'll just fume. Well, make me fume anyway. Chris Beasley will be fuming about that. And look, because it's harder to, to differentiate between red and green than it is red and yellow, what they're doing. Especially for your older people as well. Well, exactly. Some of us need to wear glasses and we don't lose them, do we, Joe? Like <laughs> you did at the weekend, or the last week, I should say. Yeah, and then yeah, you spent most of Friday and Thursday just squinting at the screen. Don't call Charlie Nicholas on me. <laughs> right, should we end with, with picking Liverpool's starting lineup? Um and <laughs> Have we said enough about Watford? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just move on from Watford. Um, <laughs> I think in goal will be Alice John. <laughs> Elton John. Um, Trent Alexander Arnold has, back to, be. Back. has, has to, be. to be. Yeah, 100%. Big Trent's in. Trent's in. Um, no changes for the rest of the defence. I don't know, actually. Oh. I don't know. Oh, go on. Fabinho? No, 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 no. I think Robertson's looking tired. And I know Moreno wasn't on the bench at the. the um, where were we? Man United, that's the one. Uh, Milner could go left back, I suppose. I don't know. I don't think he'll do it, but if there's one game that you could perhaps rest Robertson, it's this one. So mm. if he needs a rest, this is the game. I'll take your point. Midfield? This is tricky. This, this is, is tricky. tricky. I, I change, I'm going to go formation of 43-1, I think. Back to 40. I concur with uh, my learned friend over there. I also concur with our learned friend over there. Who was saying the two then? A day, a giver. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not really sure what the midfield just What would you do? What would you do? The thing is, with the whole season, it's been the defence is pretty much locked down, barring a few injuries. We've been very, that's been very good for us as as the front three. So it's always been the midfield has been the big question. Everyone's always talking like, what's going to be the midfield? And it's kind of like, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know, just see what Klopp does. <laughs> You're tired. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh, come on. But yeah, I, I think Fabinho will keep his place, won't he? Yeah, I think Fabinho and Wijnaldum. Yeah, I think Fabinho and Wijnaldum in the two as well. I think a lot of fans are calling for Keita 
because on Sunday I think Kater and Shakiri. So do I. There's a big well, shout with Salah up front. Three. So Kater, Shakiri, Mane. But who goes where? What's going on with me? So Shakiri's out on the left. No, what about Manny's up? Manny's on the left. Manny on the left. Who's on the right? Shakiri. Kater through the middle. Yeah, essentially. This is obviously assuming that Firmino doesn't make it. Yeah, of course. And then Salah's obviously. I might like to throw Rigi in there. You know. Where would you play him? We're almost would you play him instead of, would you, would you play him instead of Shakiri? The oh, the middle. Yeah, instead of who? From, instead of Firmino. Firmino doesn't play him. So, so, so no Shakiri. Fancy him? I don't know. Four three three. No four two three. This four two three one, but with no Shakiri on the right. So Salah, Salah just stays on the right. Okay. Yeah, and just have just because he's quite tall. I feel like Origi's taller than them. Is he? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. You know, just because of playing the ball. Paul Gorse told it doesn't mean you just throw him in. <laughs> I'm, I'm just throwing him in. I just think we've got to mix it up sometimes. I should, I should take your point. His footwork is good, I reckon. And I feel like he needs a little bit more time. If we gave him like a good first half, because you, you, you're putting him on when there's almost too much pressure for him to score, where if he scores in the first half against Wofford and then we take him off and replace him or whatever, he'll go into the next game with that confidence if he comes on as a sub that has scored. You know what I mean? Yeah, he so certainly like, injected some pace against United. Don't take mm-hmm. that point. Good point well made, but we've all decided that we're yeah. going to yeah, yeah, we're just going to ignore you. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, I thought, you know, I'll have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> give, give the listeners a little bit of variety. Okay. Um, sparkle. <laughs> There's no need for that. Yeah. Rigi. <laughs> we will end with a score prediction then. Um, let's start with you, Connor. 3-1 to Liverpool. 2-0. 2-0 to Liverpool. I believe there will be three unanswered goals for Jurgen Klopp's Reds. Three unanswered goals. Mm, I think there'll be two unanswered goals. So we're all going for Liverpool wins and that's the way we like it. We'll be back on Friday when we look back at Watford and look ahead to the small matter of the Merseyside derby. See you then. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.